I'm your host, Miss Amber J, and this is the Dear World Podcast, the place that if you drink your water and mind your business, you'll be just fine. We're all family here, so nothing is off limits. The goal of this podcast is to be relatable, transparent, and honest. Please turn on your notifications so that you will be alerted whenever a new episode has been posted. Don't forget to rate the podcast in your app store and share it with your family and friends. I hope that you enjoy your listening experience and welcome to the family. What's going on, family? Welcome to season seven, episode nine of the Deal World Podcast. In case you are a new listener or maybe it's been a while, I'm your host, Miss Amber J. Family, we are not going to waste any time getting into today's topic. We're going to dive right in. We're going to talk about the ACEs training that I had at work today. If you are not familiar with ACEs, it is preventing adverse childhood experiences. I'm a little annoyed at myself because I wanted to bring the binder home so that I could actually provide you with the information of who presented the training and things of that nature. But I was eager to get home and record the podcast. So I I completely forgot that part. That's my bad. But when I tell y'all this was the best and I say the not the the best training that I have had thus far on a professional level that resonated with me personally baby I was engaged throughout the entirety of the training and that's huge for me because typically if a job sends me to a training or I have to attend a training whether it's virtual or in person If it's not interesting and I feel like it doesn't pertain to my job and how I can do my job better or it's not resonating with me on a personal level, I tend to tune out within like the first 30 minutes. And that's on a good day because on a bad day, it's probably going to be like 10 minutes and then my attention span is gone. And it's not intentional. It's just it's not clicking with me. The material is either presented in a boring way, or it's just, again, something that doesn't pertain to me and how I can do my job better. Because we all know sometimes with jobs, they send us to a training just because we, you know, need the credential or the certificate or whatever, but it's not necessarily something that we can use to better our position or better ourselves. So that's why I think I was really intrigued by this training. And again, it resonated with me on a personal level. And I just, was sitting there like mind blown. And I really walked away with tools that I can implement not only with my clients and my youth, but with myself and just healing from certain things that I either thought I was healed from or experiences or things that I wasn't even aware that was a trauma in my life. And this is a side note, but I am a firm believer that God puts you where you are supposed to be. And I feel like I was supposed to be in that training. I've been on this path of like trying to clarify my life and clarify my steps and things that I'm supposed to be doing in my life. And I have always said, I know that I'm supposed to help people, but I don't know in what capacity I'm supposed to help them. And I also don't necessarily know what population of people I'm supposed to help. I realized that working in mental health, I was supposed to be in mental health because I learned certain things and certain techniques to put in my toolbox to carry, you know, with me moving forward. But I knew that that was not the population that I was supposed to be working with. I now know and I have a firm understanding that I am supposed to work with youth. Now it's just a matter of figuring out what capacity or what role I am supposed to work with youth. And what, when I say I say all that to bring it, you know, tie it back in about God, because I was at my mom's house on Sunday listening to 
her pastor and he said something about wise counsel. We all need wise counsel. And in the training, it was something that the presenter said basically about having people in your life that you can talk to about different things, that you can debrief about, you know, different things, having these wise older people around you that have been through these situations that can kind of counsel you and help you work through these moments. In these moments, I mean traumatic moments or just moments in general that you are having a difficult time processing. And all of it just aligned between me sitting with my mother on Sunday and listening to her pastor to this training. So I say all of that to say this, trust the process, trust God, and and you have to exercise patience. I remember somebody told me a long time ago, do you want to be in the third grade forever? And not in a literal sense of being in the third grade, but just in a sense of when God is trying to teach you something are you going to pick up what he's putting down and learn so that you can move forward into the, you know, quote unquote next grade? Or are you going to be hard headed and stubborn and continue to rely on your own understanding and do things your own way and have to keep repeating the same lessons over and over and over and over again? And I am a person who does struggle sometimes with listening to God. I act out of my own impulse and my own understanding. But lately, like I said, I've been just trying to be grounded in my faith and rely on God and, you know, wait for him to move me. So sitting in the training, it was a couple things. I'm not going to go into detail because I feel like I, I don't, you know, I'm rambling a little bit. But it was a couple of things that hit me on a personal level that I have been praying for clarity about. And it all just was dropped on me within that training. So again, I say, God puts you exactly where you are supposed to be. Oh, y'all, I'm just so excited to talk about this training and what I learned that I don't even know where to start. So I'm just pick a point. The first thing that stands out to me in my notes is forgiveness. Um, This training completely gave me a different outlook on what it means to forgive and how to go about forgiving. One of the first questions that the presenter asked when it came to forgiveness is, do you have the space? for what is going on in your life as well as the time. And I thought about it because we live in a society and a generation that everything is just so quick. You can push a button and get that. You can push a button and do this. You can, you know, hop in your car and be where you need to be in, you know, 10 minutes or whatever the case may be. We live in a fast-paced world where we don't oftentimes take the time to do things that need to be done the proper way. And this It's something that I've heard before as far as, you know, having a conversation or trying to heal or trying to forgive. You have to make sure that you, one, have the space and the capacity to do it and that you, two, have the time to do it. You can't rush forgiveness. And that's something that I think because we are, you know, this fast paced moving society and generation that we try to do everything expeditiously and you cannot rush your healing process. You cannot rush the forgiveness process. And the second thing that she said that stood out to me was, have you had the time to grieve your past and space and time to forgive? I don't know about y'all, but I never looked at forgiveness as a process. But forgiveness is a process as trauma resurfaces. So you know how you can say that you have forgiven somebody or you have taken time to forgive somebody, but then, you know, Joe Blow can come up and do something that reminds you 
of that person and you get mad all over again. But that's because the trauma was resurfaced and forgiveness is a process. You have to allow yourself to go through that process and not just be like, oh yeah, I forgive you and it's over with. No, because you are always going to have triggers as it relates to your trauma. Trauma is not something that just goes away. You are always going to have triggers. Yes, we we learn how to overcome the triggers or how to manage the triggers, but there are always going to be triggers to our trauma. And I guess what was most interesting to me about this piece is because it really it really made me reflect on, you know, forgiveness. People that I say I have forgiven, have I truly forgiven them? I know I talk about my ex in a lot of previous episodes, and that was one of the first people that came to mind because he's someone that in my mind I think I have forgiven, but when I actually took the time to okay, let me let me sort this out. I haven't forgiven him and I haven't forgiven myself for allowing him to do certain things to me. Then I thought about other people like from years ago that I say, you know, I forgave that person, but I haven't because I did not take the time and have the the safe space to process and sort those things out. Again, forgiveness is a process and I never looked at it as a process. It also made me realize that when it comes to my triggers, I don't respond to them. I just react. And nine times out of the 10, I'm reacting with aggression. I'm acting with anger. So that made me really sit and reflect um, just about how I need to work on not reacting, but working on responding. And that goes back to when I was a kid. I don't know if I've said this before. I feel like it. But I love my dad to pieces. Like I love him to life. But growing up, it was always, hey, stop crying. Hey, don't let people see you cry. So I became accustomed to bottling my feelings up and tucking them in my pocket because, oh, nobody has time for that. Nobody needs to see you crying. Nobody needs to hear, you know, that your feelings are hurt or whatever. It always, these things were, you know, reserved for being behind closed doors. And eventually I just learned to kind of shut my emotions off completely because I'm like, you tough. Nobody wants to hear that. So as an adult, I still carry those things. So a lot of times I don't respond. I just react. And that is not only toxic, but it's also how I cope with my trauma. Like not even, I'm not talking about trauma from a kid. I'm talking about trauma that I have experienced as an adult when it comes to emotions and having conversations or uncomfortable conversations or if somebody says something to me that I don't like, I just react. And again, I react with aggression. I react with anger. I can say if I didn't learn anything else from that training, it was that I need to work on responding instead of reacting because what we don't talk about, you know, we're going to react to. And oftentimes it's certain things that I don't want to talk about. I will shut down and I will react. And again, my go-to reactions are anger and frustration. And I have to dig a little deeper to figure out why that is. I don't know if it's something, you know, just a trauma response or if I need anger management, I don't know, but that's something I'm big on self-awareness. I always say that that's something that I recognize within myself. My go-to emotions are anger and frustration when I'm in, you know, an uncomfortable situation or if it's something I don't want to talk about, that's just my reaction. It's going to be anger or frustration. Damn it, y'all. This training made me come to the consensus that Amber, 
baby girl, boo-boo, honey, queen, you do have toxic traits. You're not a toxic person, but you do have toxic traits. And I think if we're being honest, we all have toxic traits, whether, you know, it's we don't know how to forgive people, we don't know how to communicate, um, we don't know how to take accountability, whatever it is, we all have toxic traits. Not to say that, you know, we are toxic people. I think we need to learn how to separate a toxic person from toxic traits, because just because you have toxic traits or you do toxic things, that doesn't necessarily categorize you as a toxic person. Another thing that I learned, and I know that this was specifically pertaining to children when she said it, but it, again, it resonated with me on a on a personal level. Separate the deed from the doer. And I don't think that's something that I do, especially if it's somebody that's close to me and I feel like they're constantly doing something that annoys me. I begin to group them, you know, the, the deed is the same as the doer. And that's not the case. You always have to be able to separate the deed from the doer. Let us take a moment to talk about debriefing. This is one of those things that made me sit and say, hmm, and I reflected on certain conversations that I've had with certain individuals and I realized and I have to apologize to these people that in certain moments I did not create the safe space for them that they were looking for. In any instance, when someone is coming to you with information or a trauma or they want to debrief with you, whatever it is, and they're entrusting in you with their feelings, you have to create that safe space. I'm not going to say you have to because I can't tell you what to do, but that is what allows someone to be able to talk about what they're going through. Ask them what happened or what they can remember about happening. And then ask them, how did that make them feel? And then ask them what happened next and how that made them feel. Because sometimes when we are trying to unpack a trauma or unpack an incident that occurred, you know, it's hard to recall or we don't know how to articulate it. Or sometimes the person that we're talking to is not being patient or they haven't created a safe space where we feel like we can be open and transparent about it. So those things, you kind of have to slow yourself down and ask them those questions because it's about them. It's not about you. And I think in certain situations when people bring their traumas to us or, you know, bring conversations to the table, it can get lost in translation because it becomes about us or about other things or other people and not about the person who was bringing the situation to us. And again, like I said, I have to go back and apologize to certain people looking back on certain conversations that I have had because it might have been, you know, maybe I just wasn't in the mental space to have the conversation or maybe, you know, I have a similar trauma and I can't help you get through something that I haven't gotten through. So it just made me have a self-check moment of like, dang, I got to apologize to such and such. And I have to do better moving forward when people come to me with their traumas or want to have conversations about situations or whatever it is that they've encountered and they just want to debrief. But again, with debriefing, you have to make sure that you are in the mental space and that you can be of assistance because you can't try to help somebody get through a situation that you are not versed in or a situation that you still are struggling with. Yeah, y'all can huddle up and have a nice little kumbaya conversation, but you're not going to be beneficial in techniques of helping them overcome the trauma or overcome the situation if you haven't equipped yourself with how to do that as well prior to. 
This next one threw me because I was like, sis, what? But she said, sleep is not rest. And the more she went into further detail, it made sense because there are different things that we have to do in order to get rest. And sometimes we just automatically assume that sleep is rest when that's not the case. And then oftentimes we say, oh, you know, I didn't sleep all through the weeks on the weekend. I'm asleep 14 or 15 hours. That's actually doing more harm than good. A part of this conversation was discussing seven areas of rest. And I'm not sure if there are just seven areas of rest or these are just the seven that, you know, we discussed. So the first one is physical rest. And that can be active or passive. So active is like going for a walk, doing yoga, stretching. And then passive is like laying down, rocking yourself back and forth or going to sleep. The next one was mental. So quieting the chatter in your mind, finding a space to turn off your mind. So that can be reading. And when you say reading, we don't mean reading something that's pertaining to your job or something that's educational, but reading something that's going to relax your mind and, you know, alleviate some of the things that you're thinking about. Cooking, again, talking to wise counsel, listening to music. Then we have emotional rest. So knowing and processing your emotions, that can be through journaling, doing the habits of gratitude, talking it out again with wise counsel. And the point of it, the point of this is to balance your emotions and kind of match them with logic, right? Because sometimes we feel things, but at the same time, those emotions are not logical. The next one is spiritual rest. So getting in touch with what has value and meaning to you. Um, and for me, I utilize that as just getting more in touch with God, communing more with God, praying more, um, actually writing in my prayer journal. So getting in touch with what has value, social rest. So taking time to build the right connections because we live in, again, a fast paced society. We have everything at our fingertips. We can talk to somebody through text. FaceTime, but not all of these conversations are meaningful. And just because we're social, it doesn't mean that we are making meaningful connections. So actually taking time to build the right connections, building connections that are going to add value to your life or building connections that are going to be beneficial in your life and not just out here, you know, conversing just to be conversing, to be social. Um, The next one is sensory rest. So giving, again, your mind a place to just release the chatter to just relax. So that can be nature. It can be going for a walk, but you want to go somewhere that is beautiful and feels beautiful to you. That's why I said nature. So going for a nature walk, or it could be going to an art museum, just a place that you think is beautiful and that you can find peace and allow your senses to rest. Because I don't know about y'all, but sometimes my senses get overwhelmed with the hustle and bustle of the world, whether it's sounds of traffic or people talking or just general noise. Sometimes your senses need rest. The next one, and I believe this was the last one. Y'all know I do not do well with keeping count, but creativity. So things that restore wonder in your life. Stay curious basically is the point. And that can be... um, taking time to appreciate something beautiful. So maybe you like art, maybe you like a specific type of music. You can go to like a concert or something like that, but just taking time to restore that wonder in your life, or it can be practicing your own creativity. And for me, um, y'all know I write, but I haven't been writing lately. And I don't feel like in general, I've been taking the time out to practice my creativity. So all of these seven 
are things that I want to work on. Prior to Corona, I was going to the gym. I was staying active. I was doing my yoga. I was stretching. I was walking more. So I definitely want to get back into that. Not only the active part of being physical, but also the passive part, taking time to just you know, rest my body. I'm always on the go now with my job or doing things with my parents. So sometimes I don't have the time to take a passive rest. Um, I definitely, definitely need to work on my mental rest because I will sleep, but still be tired because my mind is constantly going. I could be thinking about what I have to do at work tomorrow or what's going on with my family or just things going on in the world. So I have to actively practice you know, mental rest and quieting the chatter in my mind so that I can feel rested. Emotional rest is another big one for me. And I got out of the habit of doing my my um journaling and attitude for gratitude type of thing. So I ordered a new moleskin and some stickers. I'm going to get back into that just to balance my emotions with logic. Because a lot of times I'm like, I feel this and I feel that. But then when I take the time to actually think about it, I be like, girl, you was emotional and upset for something that wasn't even logical. That didn't even make no sense. Um, same thing with spiritual. Like I said, I want to get back in tune with praying more, um, writing in my prayer journal, just communing with God, because that's something that keeps me grounded. That's something that's important to me. Um, social, I'm not really big on being social. And if y'all listen to the podcast or know me personally, you know that, but I definitely, definitely, definitely want to work on being more social and adding people in my life that add value to my life, whether it's, you know, finding a person that is my wise counsel that can mentor me or finding somebody that I can potentially bounce ideas off of for the podcast or just different things I'm working on in my personal life. So that's something that I want to work on. And then also my sensory. I want to be more in tune with nature. When you actually work like in the dirt, as far as like planting flowers or just doing different things with dirt, you feel better. I can't remember why, but it's some chemical that is released from dirt or just being outside in general, getting fresh air, taking in scenery. Those things are important. And I always say, you know, I don't like being outside because I don't like bugs and X, Y, and Z. But that's something that I want to work on, especially as I get older and more mature in certain things. I realize I do like being outside, but I've always shied away from it because I don't like bugs. And then the last one, creativity. I definitely want to practice, um, you know, exploring my creativity, getting back into writing and working on my YouTube videos or painting because I enjoy painting for fun, just different things like that. At one point, I was drawing on my iPad. But sometimes I think we get so wrapped up, like I said, in the hustle and bustle of every day in the world. We lose track of these things and we walk around, we tired and we like, but I got sleep last night, but I'm still tired. So again, Going to sleep is not necessarily getting rest. There are a combination of things that contribute to you feeling rested. I was a little long-winded in that, and I hope I didn't lose nobody or whatever, but basically the premise of it is build rest into your day. And you can work on one of these things at a time because it probably will be quite overwhelming trying to do all seven at once but just get in the habit maybe you start with being physical going for a walk being active 20 to 30 minutes out of your day and then moving on to you know mental rest what does that look like for you and then emotional and spiritual and social and sensory and creativity until you have mastered all seven of them 
The last thing from the training that I want to touch bases on that resonated with me personally was that self-care is a requirement, not a reward. Self-care must be intentional. I think a lot of times we know that we need self-care, but that's oftentimes how we reward ourselves when realistically it's a requirement. Self-care is how we keep going. Self-care is how we refuel. I say this a lot. You can't pour from an empty glass. You cannot give what you do not have. So if we're not doing things to refuel ourselves and to recover, how are we going to keep moving forward? How are we going to present our best selves? How are we going to be an asset to other people? We can't. So again, self-care is a requirement, not a reward. And it has to be intentional. And self-care is not always pretty because we oftentimes equate it to, oh, I'm going to go get my hair done or I'm going to get my nails done or I'm going to go get a massage. But sometimes self-care is digging deep within yourself and working on those toxic traits. Sometimes it's digging deep within yourself and working on how to get over your trauma and how to heal or how to find forgiveness. So let's not get it twisted that it's always pretty and primped because it's not. All in all, while the training was definitely beneficial to the work that I do, it was really beneficial to me on a personal level. It made me realize things that I need to work on. It made me realize that I do have a lot of traumas that I haven't healed from. It did make me realize that I do have to work on forgiving certain people in my life, that it's not just a one and done type of thing. And that, again, I need to work on having conversations and not always reacting to what is being said or what isn't being said. So it really just made me sit and process things within myself that I either, you know, bury deep inside and I'm like, oh, it's okay. It's not, it's not going to come out because I, I buried it deep down in there. I made sure it was a lot of dirt and other things on top of it, but that's not the case. So I just really feel like If nothing else, it made me consider my mental and emotional health and how I can improve on myself so that I can show up as my best self and actually make a difference in the lives of the individuals that I serve. Along with the people that are closest to me, that are in my immediate circle or in my family, and just overall how I respond and interact with people. Family, I know in certain moments I was like gassed up. I probably was rambling. Stuff might have been mispronounced, all type of stuff. But at the end, when it's all said and done, I hope that I said something that resonated with your spirit. Or maybe you heard something that could be beneficial to somebody that you know. So please share that information with them or share this episode. But the whole goal was just to remind us that we are all human, to remind us that we all have traumas, to remind us that we are all healing and growing from something. And know that, and I say this a lot, life is a journey and not a destination. Stop rushing to be in a particular place at a particular time, at a particular age, or whatever the case may be. Be patient with yourself and then be patient with other people. Have grace for other people. Have grace for yourself. Um, but yeah, I just hope that you had a takeaway from this episode. And if you didn't, I hope that you at least enjoy listening to the content. Well, family, that's all for today. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Do me a favor, share it with a family member or a friend. Again, I'm your host, Miss Amber J. And this is the Dear World Podcast. Drink your water, mind your business.